trying to save money. And uh, here in the, in the Silicon Valley, you know, it's kind of expensive to live. And so we're always trying to find ways to, uh, to save money, to do things economically. And so when we buy furniture and stuff, we, we, we want to do things like construct our own uh, furniture, put it together. But you know, it's, it's always kind of hard, you know, when you're looking at YouTube and trying to figure out what to do. And, and for some reason, you know, it, it, it doesn't come right. It doesn't come out right. You know, there's pieces missing or the instructions are incorrect. And, and here, this is actually kind of, this, is, this picture is called the Ikea girl. And uh, <laughs> apparently this is a famous picture. Um, and, or maybe you're a handyman and you're, you're trying to say, hey, I'm going to, or you're married to a handyman. You're saying, well, we have all these projects that, you know, we're trying to work on and, uh, you know, save money. So we're going to just, we're going to do this ourselves. And, you know, we're really excited. Uh, but, you know, along the way we get, you know, tired or less motivated or it does, it's not as exciting anymore to do this. And maybe your house has some of these things here in the house. Maybe not this bad, but maybe a wire hanging out or things like that and and you know sometimes th th this idea of feeling like like things are incomplete uh, it's it's not a good feeling it's kind of like you know the things that we have they're not functioning in the way that they're supposed to not yet and there's a feeling of unrest there's a feeling of anxiety there's a feeling of of pressure something hanging over your head like you know this isn't done yet this isn't fully working yet we're not finished yet and you know sometimes our life uh, feels like that. You know, we, I like this picture of Linus, and he's like, sigh, you know, it's like, it's like a, we, we feel like an unfinished product, pro project. We feel like maybe a project, you know, that's kind of missing some pieces, you know, I'm missing this piece, I'm missing that piece, you know. Back in the day, there was uh, this button, and it had the letters, you know, now we have, you know, what would Jesus do, which is really easy to remember, but back then, when I was going, I don't know if they still have this now, but we had this one. <laughs> Has anybody seen this before? Yeah, if you're probably, if you're born in the 60s, or you know this one, P-B-P-G-I-N-F-W-M-Y. And you'd have this little button or this sticker on your car or uh, on your refrigerator. And it's like, you know, first of all, this is a really like long kind of acronym. It's like, what in the world does this mean? It means this. It means, please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. You know, I don't know who thought of this marketing, but it's so long, you know. And, you know, it's on the bumper sticker, and, and you know, they just have the letters, so, you know, people are supposed to ask you, what does that long thing mean? And you're supposed to say, oh, it means, please be patient, God is not finished with me yet. And I kind of understand what that means, but, you know, now that I kind of think about it, if you look at this, this saying, it's almost like we're apologizing for being a Christian. <laughs> we're, like, apologizing for our mistakes, we're apologizing for our bad behavior as a Christian. And, and, and it's almost like starting out with that mentality as we go out into the world. It's like, you know, oh, I know my devotions can do better. Oh, I know my, my, my knowledge of the Bible is just not that good. I should do better. You know, my prayer life, still in progress. My serving, you know, I'm, I'm going to get more involved. And, Holiness, well, we're not even going to talk about holiness. And it makes you kind of feel like, you know, as, as a follower of Jesus Christ, like I'm missing pieces. I'm, I'm, I'm not finished yet. I'm not functioning like the way I'm supposed to. 
Because we know at school and at work and at home, you know, when you finish something, there's this, this great sense of relief. It's like this joy, the satisfaction to say, you know, I finished that final paper, my class is over, or I finished this quarter, got my grades in, and, or the, 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 the project is done, there's no bugs, it's selling, shipping out, and it's doing really well, or my smart house is finally all set up, and I'm saying, hey, Alexa, do this, and boom, everything comes on, and you're like, hey, this works, you know, and there's this feeling of, oh, this feels good like everything is done everything is perfect everything's working like it should be you know and and yet when it comes to you know we, we think about work and school and our house and like that but when it comes to our spiritual life we're kind of like Linus here and we say well spiritual life it's like you know that 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 sense of joy that sense of satisfaction that sense of peace it seems elusive it's like, you know, when am I ever, God, when am I ever going to feel good about my spiritual life? Now, see, here's an interesting thing, because the Bible is always really is full of these kind of cool, what we call mysteries. And, and mysteries is like things that we don't understand, but yet they're true together. One of them is, for example, you know, Jesus is fully man and Jesus is fully God. I mean, we can't understand that, but those things are true together, and that's a mystery. Or the, 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 the idea that, that, that God has predestined everything. He's planned everything out, but yet at the same time, our choices make a difference. And again, those two things, I feel like, well, how can they be true together? But they're true together meaning it's a mystery. Now there's another mystery, and that is how can we be growing in our spiritual life and yet at the same time complete in Jesus Christ? I mean, the two things seem to be like they, they, they conflict, but the Bible says that, that both of these things are happening together, that we are growing we're continuing to grow in Jesus Christ. We're continuing to see that, that God is molding us into the image of Christ, that we're not there yet, but at the same time, the Bible affirms that we are complete in Christ. We're full. There's nothing that we need apart from Jesus Christ that God has not already given to us and done in us. And that's what the Bible really calls sanctification. Again, this is just a really fancy word. If you hear the word sanctification, all this really means, don't be intimidated by it. It just means the position and the process of holiness. That's sanctification. It means that I am holy because of Jesus Christ. I'm fully righteous right now because of Jesus Christ, meaning I don't have to do anything more to be pleasing in God's eyes. I don't have to do anything more to make myself better so that I can get into heaven or that God will love me more. So that's sanctification that, that, that I am positionally holy. But yet at the same time, the Bible says that I am becoming more like Jesus Christ, that there is a process. I and mean, we know, practically speaking, we're not acting holy, but, but God's saying there's a process of sanctification making us holy day by day. Every person who has accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, every person who's accepted Jesus, we are both fully righteous before God, fully complete, and yet at the same time, we are on this long, lifelong journey of becoming holy in Jesus Christ. That's the mystery of sanctification. That's really what we'll be studying in this book of Colossians. Now in Colossians, the, over, the overarching theme of Colossians is the adequacy and the all-sufficiency of Jesus Christ, meaning that Jesus is full. He is enough. He is the, the perfect 
picture of God. And in Jesus Christ, we have received all the fullness of God. Jesus takes center stage. The book of Colossians was a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul while he was in prison in Rome, and he was writing to the believers living in Colossae, and he wrote this letter to the Colossians to help them to remember and affirm to them that you indeed are made perfect and complete in Jesus Christ. And yet at the same time, he's calling them to say, this is what you need to do to progress in this victory that Jesus has given us or that God has given us in Jesus Christ. And so we're gonna be looking that in the coming, at that in the coming weeks. And so Colossians, turn to me Colossians chapter one, verse one, and we'll be looking at what this, this idea of sanctification of the completeness of Jesus Christ, being complete in Jesus means. So in reverence for the word of God, let's go ahead and let's stand together. Reading from Colossians, the word of God. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before the truth, before in the true word of, the tr of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us the love, your love in the spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to God the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. May, Lord, may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Those are two of the longest sentences in scripture. I mean, Paul just had a way, a good thing that he's writing because then you can kind of look at it, but I mean, if you were speaking, uh, these are basically one long two long sentences about what God uh, has done in Jesus Christ. And this is just his greeting to the, the, to the, um, to the Colossians. And so in this passage, we're gonna see that Paul is, is capturing just a, a snapshot of our completeness, what it means to be complete in Jesus Christ when we first receive Jesus as Savior. Okay, and he talks about, um, first of all, he talks about the start, and he says this is how, um, this is who we are when we first accept Jesus Christ as Savior. This is all the things that happen in us, who we are. Uh, then he talks about the path, and this is how we live out who we are in Jesus Christ. And then he talks about the finish, where this path of sanctification is ultimately leading. He actually goes through all this just in one sentence or two sentences. Um, and then he'll go on to talk about each of these in more detail. We'll go look at that in the coming weeks. But we want to kind of get an overview of what he is saying about who we are in Jesus. So the start, what does it mean to be complete in Jesus? In verse 2, 
Paul uses two terms to address, address the recipients in his letter. He says, to the saints and faithful brothers in the church in Colossae. Now, a saint, when he calls people a saint, saint is not like a super holy person. A saint is not like, uh, the saint is not like a master spy or a thief or things like that. The Bible, in the Bible, the word saint means simply someone who's been washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ, someone who has been set apart for his purpose. So basically, every follower of Jesus Christ is a saint, is a holy one. And he goes on in verse three to say, we thank God, our Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for you since we've heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and the love that you have for all the saints. And then he goes on to say, of this you've heard of the word of truth which has come to you and indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and it is increasing as it also does among you. Now I know this is really long here but what Paul is doing, he's celebrating saying this is your salvation. And he's saying that this is the fruit that has come out of your salvation. Now, remember, Paul's in Rome, and he's in prison. And, you know, when you're in Rome and in prison, I suppose, I guess the guards just, they're talking or whatever because they're bored, um, and they'll hear about the latest thing that's been talked about in Rome. And apparently, one of the latest things that have been talked about in Rome is the love of the brothers and sisters in Colossae. That's really something. He's saying, I'm in prison right now. I'm not going anywhere talking to lots of different people. I'm just sitting here by myself. And yet, I'm hearing word that, uh, that people are talking about, um, about the love of Jesus Christ that is shown in you. I thought this was kind of cool because, you know, you think about people, like nowadays when people talk about churches and you say, have you heard about this church? Oh, yeah, I heard about that church. Oh, I heard about this church. And it's usually a lot about, like, um, they have, well, I guess pastors, maybe pastors only talk about this, I don't know. But, but uh, we'll say, oh, I heard about this church because they have this method, or they're doing this, or they have this type of ministry, they're doing this, and oh, there's this innovative way that they're doing evangelism, and, and they're growing, and did you hear that they have you know, three campuses? And that's what you kind of, when you hear about churches, and when pastors talk about, oh, did you hear about, that's kind of what you hear about different churches, like what they're doing, how big they are, how they're growing, and blah, blah, blah. But Paul's saying, you know what I'm hearing about this church, about you guys, is you're loving the love that you have in Jesus Christ. Well, that's something. I, I mean, I like that to say, wouldn't it be cool if people say, oh, I heard about Living Hope. I heard you guys really love each other. I mean, that's what I really heard about Living Hope around the neighborhood. You guys really love each other. That's really what Paul is saying to, to the, the Colossians, and I think this is really neat. And he says, he says also that, um, that, that not only this, but, but this gospel is is the whole world is bearing fruit and increasing and is also doing this among you. And what he's basically saying, he's saying that, 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 that um, nothing's stopping Jesus. Um, you can put me, he's in prison. He said, you can put me in prison, you can threaten the saints, you can kill the saints, you can do all your power, uh, do everything you can to try to stop what God is doing. You can have the entire Roman Empire and all the leadership of the, the Jewish people trying their best to stop uh, this movement of the gospel. And uh, yet Paul says, uh, it's, it's, it's not gonna stop. It's, it's moving forward right now. And, and he says, this is just the starting point. Like this is just the beginning. 
This is who you are in Christ. This is this irresistible movement of love and power, the body of Christ in the world today, the gospel. You know, we always talk about in history uh, right now, you know, how the church is losing its influence in society and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's sad to hear that, but I, I, I don't think his history is the thing that's really going to define what's going on in the church. It, it, it's the spirit of God. If the people of God continue to love and continue to, to follow the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ is always going to move with power in this world, no matter uh, what people try to do to disenfranchise or to push the church to the sidelines. Um, and I think the cool thing too is he's saying, and God is doing this among you. And he's saying like, like in terms of sanctification, in terms of what Jesus is doing, uh, in the same way that God uh, that, that the world cannot stop what God is doing in this world. Um, nothing can stop what God is doing um, in you. Nothing can stop what God is doing in you. You know, sometimes we sit and we think, we feel like Linus, and we feel like I'm just sitting there, sigh. When am I ever going to grow up? You know, he's always looking at his brother, and, or his sister, his sister, and he's saying, you know, well not, I, I wish I was like Lucy, but he's saying, when am I ever going to be like the older one? I'm always the younger one. I'm always the one taking advantage. I'm always the weaker one. When am I ever going to really, and, and we wonder. And, and, and Paul is saying to the Colossians, yeah, don't worry. God's going to, just like the gospel's moving around the world, whatever God has planned for you, whatever he has planned for you, he's going to finish it. He'll do it. All those things that we look at ourselves and say, man, I'm never going to get rid of this. I'm never, I'm always going to be like this. And I can't stand this about myself. And I wish this would change. And I wish I wasn't like this. And God's saying, you know what? Uh, whatever it is in your life and whatever you, you, you want to be done, he said, God says, I'm, I'm going to have a plan for you and I'm going to finish it. On the very day that you die, everyone's die, by that day, my work be finished. Nothing in this world will have stopped me from doing all the things that I've wanted to do in your life to make you the person that I've wanted you to be in this world. And that's why I'm taking you out now because everything's done. And I, I think that this is just such a real uh, encouragement for all of us to say this is the promise that God gives us, that we are complete in Christ. There's nothing we need outside apart from God, apart from Jesus to be the things and the people that God wants us to be, to do the things that God wants us to do. And then now Paul moves on in his prayers and it, he begins to pray for them. And prayer is kind of like what prayer does is prayer kind of says, um, you're not there yet, that I'm praying this for you. So this is how you are becoming complete in Christ. This is what he is praying for the Colossians. And he says, and so from this day on, we've heard we've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience and with joy. Again, huge long statement. A lot of stuff in there. And we'll break it down a little bit. The, Paul's basically saying, here's the stuff that I'm praying for you that, that will happen, that I believe will happen in your life as God continues to complete you in Christ. And here's the path to completeness. He says, first of all, there's the knowledge of God's will. And he says, the knowledge of God's will, and he says, the 
to walk manner worthy of walk in a manner worthy of him and to be strengthened in his power. Okay, so this is kind of three areas. He talks about a lot of other things. We'll focus on those three. So the first one is uh, filled with the knowledge of God's will. Meaning you always know God's will. Um, and this is not like the mystical knowledge of God's will. Not like, um, God, should I take this job? I'm just going to pray and boom. Oh, God told me, yes, I should. Not that type of knowing God's will. Or, God, is this the person that I'm going to marry? Boom, yeah, it is. Oh, no, it isn't. Or whatever. That's not... This, this, that's not what this means. Um, the knowledge of God's will, when he says filled with knowledge uh, and understanding, uh, knowledge and understanding, actually the words mean uh, analysis. And, and that's in relation to kind of decision making. And so Paul's really saying that, in, that, that, that the, to be filled with the knowledge of God's will means the ability to apply God's word in everyday decisions in life. That means when we come up with whatever decisions that we need to make in life, whether it's regarding our profession, regarding our relationships, regarding our problems, regarding our money, regarding our future plans, uh, that, 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 that this is all gonna be uh, filled with, with the knowledge of God, that, that God's word is going to be guiding these decisions for me, that I'm gonna know how God's word will help me and guide me in all these different practical decisions in my life. That's what Paul is praying, that this is the type of person that the Colossians will become. This is what they're growing towards, bringing God's word uh, into every aspect of their life. Second idea is the idea of living worthy of, um, of God. And it says, so walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Um, the thing that I just really just point out real quickly about this is the idea of increasing, growing. It's the, the, the idea of completeness, to me, it feels like it's not just like when I'm here. It's like, am I living like a complete person? Am I growing? Is, is my growth, is my increasing, showing that I am complete in Christ. When I fail, it's not that we, when I'm complete, it doesn't mean I'll never fail, but it means that when I fail, will I grow from it? Am I going to repent? Will I turn from it and learn from it and go a different direction, go the right direction? Uh, 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 when I uh, am learning and, and, and hearing the things of God, uh, these life lessons, do I spurn them and say, ah, oh, it's no big deal, I already know that, or cast them aside because I think I know better or I think I can handle it? Or are we saying, God, please fill me and teach me uh, from this, from these things that have happened to me, from, from what I have done, from the mistakes that are made, or even the things that other people do to me? How am I growing and learning from this? That's, that's how our completeness is uh, being expressed. The third, final thing is being strengthened with power, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all the endurance and patience with joy. And um, this idea of being strengthened with all power, and this word power here is really significant. It's the word dunamis. And dunamis actually, uh, when I was in junior high, this word, actually this Greek word, really meant a lot to me. You may say, well, junior high, why a Greek word? What do you care about Greek words? Well, when I was in junior high, uh, we were talking about Acts, book of Acts 1-8, and he says, you will be strengthened with all power when the Spirit comes. And, and uh, my counselor says, you know what that word power means? And I said, no. And he goes, well, that power means, it means the ability to accomplish or the power to overcome. It means that whatever job you're given, 
If you can do it, that means you have power. It doesn't mean like you're like super powerful and could do everything. It doesn't mean you could do everything. It means when you have something that you need to do and you can do it, then you have power. And so Paul, and so when, when, when Jesus was saying to the disciples, you're gonna have all power to do everything, he wasn't saying to the disciples, you can do anything, you're never gonna fail, you're so strong, you're gonna overcome everybody. No, he was saying, for the things I'm gonna call you to do, to share the gospel, to be a witness of mine in Jerusalem, Judea, to the ends of the earth, I'm gonna give you all that you need to accomplish this well. That's power. And, and so my, my counselor was saying to me, uh, my youth counselor was saying to me, so don't worry, Harrison, because when I was in junior high, I was very, I had a very low self-esteem. Uh, self-esteem is something that a lot of junior highers struggle with. I didn't think very well of myself. I didn't think I was very good. I didn't think I could do anything. I didn't think I could accomplish very much. I was actually kind of lazy. I don't know lazy, but I'm a low achiever. I always set the bar kind of low. And so a lot of my friends were high achievers and they were doing lots of stuff and they were going to, uh, you know, even later on, they were going to like all the, all the Ivy League colleges and they said, where are you going? And I go, oh, I'm going to Berkeley. And you know, now it sounds like a really status thing, but back then with the school that I was at, that was actually kind of low. That was kind of like, you're going to Berkeley? You mean, you mean Berkeley over there? How come you're not going to Princeton? How come you're not going to Harvard, you know? And so you kind of feel like, for me, kind of felt like, ah, you know, I'm not, I'm never going to be as good as all my friends around me. And these are like secular friends, they're non-Christian friends. I'm never going to be as accomplished. And my parents actually, when I was growing up, they were very accomplished and very well known in the community and everybody knew my dad. And I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to measure up to my father. I'm never going to measure up to my mom. And I always thought, you know, as a Christian, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to be that, that person. You know, there's these special people that are special. And then there's the rest of us, and that's me where I'm not really gonna be anything special. And so I always thought, yeah, I'm not, you know, whatever. But, you know, this word, and when the counselor, youth counselor said to me, youth spot, uh, said to me, said, you know, but Harrison, you don't discount yourself. It doesn't matter, you're gonna do great things. God's not calling you to do this. But if God, whatever God's calling you to do, he promises, he's gonna give you power to get it done. And that's all you need. Whatever God calls you to do, Whatever by faith God calls you to do. You may not think you know how to do it. You may not have ever done it before. Uh, you may think that a lot of other people can do it better. But if God's calling you, you can count on the fact that he will give you power to accomplish it. And so Paul says this is, this is how um, we look at our lives as well. Whatever God calls us to do, um, he's going to give you the power to accomplish it. it doesn't, you, know, you know, again, most of us here, we may not, aspire to be like these great high power fantastic people or maybe we do but whatever god i believe god's going to call every single one of us here to do something incredible for god we were just talking about that in in the life bible class with esther just some girl just some girl and god called her at a moment in that moment to be that person to do something remarkable to save a whole people and God will give the grace and the power for you and I to be that person at that moment when he calls us to be that person at that moment.
That's what dunamis means. And, and, and that's what it means to, again, be, uh, be complete in Christ. And I think it's really interesting also when you look at this, when it talks about being strengthened in, in power, he says the words endurance, patience, and joy. He's saying, no, your power is not gonna be shown by how smart you are or how powerful you are or how competent you are or how better you are than everyone else. He says you're the, you're the, the power of God is gonna be displayed in your endurance, in your patience, in your joy. And I thought, wow, that's, that's cool. I, I love that. That's the power of the Spirit demonstrated. Paul says this is gonna be demonstrated in you, Colossians. We're praying for this, that this is what your life will be. And so we've seen here again our completeness in Christ. We looked at the start. It begins with Jesus, his death on the cross and resurrection. When we receive him as Savior, we are complete in him. Second, the path. We're complete in Jesus, and yet we're continuing to grow, to be more like him, to fulfill that completeness. And finally, Paul gives the end of the journey, the complete, what it means to be complete in Christ. Verse 12, he says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Paul says that God has qualified you to share in the inheritance. And what this is, uh, the idea is uh, when a king, when, when an army and a, and a general leads in battle and when they win victory, then the, the, the king or the general, he begins to apportion out the rewards that these people deserve for what they have done. Um, and so, so if you fought faithfully in battle and here's your reward from the booty that we you know, save, or the same thing like when, uh, when um, God led the people victoriously into the land and then he says, here's your land apportioned for you, here's your land apportioned for you. And so he's saying that this is, uh, this is the, uh, the inheritance and he's saying he's qualified you, meaning even though you haven't fought the battle, Jesus is the one who fought the battle, right? I mean, we didn't really fight the battle for sin. We didn't conquer death. We didn't really do nothing. We, we sinned. <laughs> we were the ones full of sin. Yet Jesus conquered. And now Jesus said, hey, God says, Paul says, hey, now you are qualified because of God. That in the future, when Jesus finally comes in victory for what he has done for this world, and he begins to receive all the reward that is due to him as his inheritance for what he has done for this world, for the will of God, that you also have been qualified by God to receive a portion of this inheritance when Jesus comes. You will share in this glory. You will share in this great glory where the, the powers of darkness have been destroyed and, 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 the, and the, 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 the life of light uh, is now here. The kingdom of light is now here. We will share in that, not because we were good soldiers who played our part to fight you know, this battle, but because Jesus has won. That's the end of our, um, if you want to say, of, of our sanctification. In whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sin, bringing it back to Jesus, saying, this beloved son whose work on the cross, who we will celebrate through the taking of the communion, reminds us that, um, 
we are complete in Christ. And this is everything that is true about us. And so we come back to the beginning, the start. Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead so that everyone who has put their faith in Jesus as Savior is made complete in Christ. That's the beginning. If you are here and you have never received Jesus as Savior, I invite you today, take that step, admit to say, I admit that, I, that I, I'm a sinner, that I need Jesus, that I can't just depend on myself. Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the only Son of God who died on the cross for my sin, rose from the dead, and choose to follow Jesus, honor Jesus by faith. Now I know you always see this slide come up. If you're here from church, you always see this slide coming up. And you may say, well, it sounds redundant. Can't you think of another slide, Pastor Harrison? There's so many other ways to present the gospel. I'm very intentional about this because I believe that we have to keep seeing this over and over again so that the minute somebody says, how do you receive Jesus as Savior? We'll just say it in our sleep. You know, we'll know exactly what to say because it's that same slide that Pastor Harrison just keeps putting up every, every other Sunday. It keeps coming up here so that if any of us are in a position to share the gospel with someone, we will not be without words, right? We will not be without words. There are so many different ways to share the gospel and that's great. And, and use those ways, use all the different ways because it's not a formula. But if you are scared out of your pants about sharing the gospel, and you, you find like, I don't know what to say, just think back and say, oh, I remember what Pastor Harrison put up on the board, ABC, really easy, Awana, ABC, that's what we did in Awana once we were kids. Don't forget it, because God will give you opportunities to share the gospel, and it will come at a moment, and we will at that moment need to have the words to say. That's why this comes up in the same way every single time, okay? And God says he will immediately make us uh, clean, make us a saint. To be complete in Christ means going on a journey of completeness. It means that we are ready to do his will right now. And I, this is important. You know, it's not like I'm ready to do his will. I'm not ready to do his will. Uh, I'm, you know, later, when I'm more spiritually, uh, when I'm more spiritual, uh, when I learn more, when I uh, am, am good enough so that I'm pretty sure I won't fail anymore, or uh, I, I'm pretty sure I won't do a crummy job, you know, or I won't forget, you know, I'll know everything to say. No, Jesus says, uh, Paul says, you're complete right now. You're ready right now for whatever God is going to call you to do. It's not like, uh, yeah, no, you're not ready. Yeah, you can't do anything. Forget it. You know, wait till you get better and come back to me and I'll see if you, no, no, you're ready right now. God's calling you right now to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. God's calling you right now to love the body of Christ. God's calling you right now to, to bring this love of Jesus Christ to the world around you. And as well as to, to also disciple others in the future. You are ready right now because you are complete in Christ. Every one of you. And so we should be looking right now. What can I do? What is the area in which God is calling me to live out this completeness in Jesus Christ? And finally, um, our, our completeness is found in Jesus, our living hope. That he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. We have the victory now, and we have the victory to come. We are complete in Christ, we are growing in him, and we will be with him forever. And so as we, we come to take the communion, let's spend some time now in prayer, and, and we think deeply 
about the blood, the cup, and the body. That Jesus Christ set this as an example to say, this, is, this bread is my body, which was broken for you when on the cross. This blood was shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. And so everyone who is a, a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, we invite you to come and, and to take of these elements to remind 